This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, welcome to this edition of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing um, podcast. And, you know, I love to share fun stuff. I love to share a deep dive. I love to bust some of the myths that are out there about publishing. And it's all about making you successful in your authoring, in your writing, in your book marketing, and in your publishing in that area. So today I am a soloist, and I thought I would do some deep diving um, a little bit into the, the just the success of of you generally in publishing, and how to avoid the screw ups and the blunders. So I'm going to really go very fast. I'm going to kiss off a lot of them. Um, but that I always love to start with a quote from my book, and I and I do hope you have this book. It is a great book, over 400 of my personal, sometimes kick butt, sometimes, ah, that's deep, but quotes that I've done. The title is How to Create Snappy, Sassy, Salty Success for Authors and Writers, and you can get it on the big A, Amazon. Um, and I'm just because I just finished a book. Oh, my gosh. My first fiction book co-written with with my pal and friend, Brian Barnes. It's called The Secret Journey, and it goes to layout um, and will be available by Thanksgiving, which I love. But here we go. The quote for the day is beginning and dumping, starting again. It's what we authors do, and taint that the truth. So that's about writing with that. So let's jump in. We're going to get going on this whole thing called what I call blunders, and I am pulling from my book, which is called How to Avoid Book Publishing Blunders, Bloopers, and Boo-Boos, and I can't stress enough how important it is for all of you to recognize that there's all kinds of, you know, uh, potholes, pitfalls, everything out there that could get you into deep trouble. So the very first one I always like to start with, because this is important, is you must treat, you must treat authorship and publishing as a business. If you don't, you're going to get into trouble from the get-go. Uh, with all of that, you've got to recognize that this is your 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 guide, your roadmap. And if you don't treat it as a business and it and your hobbyists, which by the way, I guess I can say that's okay. Hobbyists sell roughly a hundred books, and that's all. Well, you're putting a lot of time into spend, you know selling just a hundred books. If you're doing a legacy book, which is for your family, 
you know, maybe just family, close friends. That's just fine. In fact, you may just give them away. But if you're really interested in going to craft fairs, um, which you could sell. I was at a craft fair this past weekend. And during a few hours, I sold 40 copies of my books, 40 copies. And that's all cash to me or credit card charges, but that's all coming to me at full retail price. 40 books times $20 is $800. All right, so if you're going to think about doing craft fairs, book signings, special events, side events, if you're thinking about speaking on your expertise, if you're a nonfiction author or as a fiction author, entertainment style to groups, to book clubs, you're talking book sales in here. And, you know, 800 times 800 times 800 times 800 can add up. What's your business? Treat it as that. So you need to know what your break even is. Do you need to know, are you going to do a short run, print run of your books so you have several cases sitting in the garage or the basement or the back closet? Um, are you just going to shoot everybody to an online retailer and just say, get your books there? What are you going to do? That's part of your business plan. Tip number one. Tip number two, it's always essential to do your pre-work. So what is this thing called pre-work? Well, that's going down to a brick and mortar. There's two things, retail brick and mortar. That's going to a brick and mortar store and really doing a visual walkthrough of the section where your book would reside. What's out there? What's your competitors or your comparables? Who are they? What do the books look like? How are they laid out? Um, what are the colors that are being used? Pay attention, really close attention to the new arrivals. What colors are hot? Like in the fall of 2022, I'm telling you, orange and neon colors were hot as a visual pull-in. Now go to Amazon. You know, it's a great resource to go through and look over in the books in your genre in your area and just see what are the best sellers are what do they look like what kind of images if any are they using because that's what you're competing with and always part of your pre-work when you're starting to work with a book cover it is absolutely essential to reduce it to 25 percent of what it what looks like in real life 20 get it way down because you want a thumbprint What's the thumbprint of it? What does it look like online? Is it readable? Does the title show? Do you have fancy-dancy script that you just love, but it's unreadable when it starts getting down? That's what you're looking at. That's what you have to be aware of in this process as you go down. So that's part of your pre-work. What's out there right now? Think of yourself as a universal sponge. What's hot? What's not? Get that publishing is a business, and I'm telling you, you will jump ahead of the rest of the crowd. All right, and so now you have to think about your platforms. What's the platform? I've done whole programs just on what a platform is. Um, and some people think it's just, it's just the number count you have in social media. To me, it is so much more. It starts with your vision. What do you see for you as the author? What do you see for you as the your book? 
What what do you see the book? Where's it going? What's the passion that brings you to the party? What's your commitment? Time, your energy, money. What's your commitment to support this product that you have made for this thing called authoring publishing business? All right, so what is the vision, the passion, and the commitment? And with that, you know what? When you're up on, you decide which social media platforms, and my recommendation is, one of the big blunders is people try to kiss everybody. Do not do that. Pick one or two and learn it, understand it. There are certain platforms that go well with certain types of books. For example, a business books. The two big ones I would really be focused on would be um, the whole thing called uh, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. And I would be doing LinkedIn. Remember, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. It's big. So think about those. And maybe all the visuals there's not with the Instagram and Pinterest is maybe that's not right for you, at least in the beginning. They can be added on later. But start with two. Get to know them. And then you will have it and move from there. So cre- start creating what your platforms are. Um, the next thing is that I think is really important. And I guess I stress this because uh, my fourth blender is you don't have a, a written plan and you're going, but it's in my head. No, you know, other things start filling up our head. And if you don't have a plan, and, you know, when I was publishing and 18 of my now, it's going to be 44 books, 18 of my books have been published with New York-related houses. I always had to write a proposal as we pitched going in. I still encourage you to write a proposal as if you were going to pitch the whole enchilada for someone to pick up. Why? Because it reinforces who you are and why you're the author. Always important. Secondly, it reinforces that you know what you're writing about. And you have to get it down very succinct. Very succinct. Because this is basically, it's a written pitch. The third thing is that it identifies who your competitive authors are. What's out there? And what's wrong with some of them? What, 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 what do they lack that you bring to the party? That And number five, it starts putting together your marketing plan of where you're going with your book, how are you going to move it out, where, you know, what, what you're going to do to energize and support it. Um, and, and make sure you include book reviews and you're going to, you know, what other, if you're going to do any advertising or bring in publicity, um, if you're going to be writing press releases, all of that stuff, bring it along to the party so you have it. It will make all the difference in the world. Um, if your plan's going to succeed, it has to have a plan and writing behind it allows you to bring out this roadmap and revisit it every once in a while. Now, make sure this is not in stone. It's going to have some flexibility because, you know, you will hit some road bumps as you go along and you're thinking, well, you know what I thought isn't going to work. Fine. Back up, go in reverse and then go around it or sometimes make a U-turn. But this is what you do when your plan needs to keep always. And this is the final thing about a plan. Who the who is. Who's the who 
in your audience. And with that said, we're going to take our first break. We will come back with more essential blunders to avoid and what you should be doing for your author success. This is Dr. Judith Bryles, and I am the Book Shepherd. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we're back. We're talking about blunders to avoid for your author and publishing success. My next one really deals with not really having some defined goals um, that that will include steps on how you're going to reach them. And again, sometimes the steps you thought were going to be viable <laughs> may not work. Okay, so we back up and we do go around the little block. But have defined goals. It could deal with money. It could deal with recognition. It could be dealing with getting gigs. Um, what is it? Now, if it is to publish a book, which I hope that's a goal, um, the first stepping stone is you got to what? Write it. So you got to write the book. So what are the stones you need to write and complete the book? Do you need to have a specific place to write? You know, if you've been listening to me a while, you know, I'm always going to surround myself either with, depending upon time of day, um, and maybe even the season, a big mug of hot tea. 
um, British breakfast or Irish breakfast or Irish afternoon would be there. Or summertime as that comes around or when it's a beautiful day, it's going to be peach iced tea um, that I want to have sunshine. I want to have water. I have booked a solid week where I am literally on a cruise by my lonesome, by my lonesome, where I can have a stateroom service, where I can go to one of the restaurants, um, where I can do whatever, but I will be doing nonstop writing, and I will complete the first draft of my next book in six days. Now, have I done planning before I get there? Oh, yes. And I've actually already written a couple of completed chapters, but I will finish it. And, and put it together. So what are your steps? So I, you know, I've just revealed I'm a tea drinker. I've got to have some sun. I like to have water around me. Those are part of my steps to make it happen. What are yours in the process? Um, and I believe you should have a reward. You know, I, I get a reward. Now you're saying, but Judith, you're on a cruise. I don't go to any of the ports. I just want to be by myself. I could look at the ocean. I can do these things, and if the weather come, you know, is not so hot, maybe I run into some rain, big deal. It's more water. So what you have to do is decide what inspires you, what will bring you that charge that, okay, this is, this is my job. This will be my work over these intensive six days. Um, now, I, you know, I may be writing for 14 hours. So in the nighttime, I get to have a nice dinner and I may see a show. Okay, that's part of my reward. Figure out what yours are. You may have to declutter. I mean, that if you came into my personal office, I have a lot of stuff. I, I, I love stuff. You know, I've got um, and I have comfortable chairs in that. I have a fireplace. I've got a TV that I might want to turn on um, that sometimes when I take a time out, I might watch a cooking show. What, whatever it is that you need, but declutter the stuff that will will take away your attractions. And sometimes the decluttering is the dog, is, the, is, is, but maybe you need that cat. You know, maybe Fluffy needs to come in to be that inspiration. I'm all for it. All right. So figure out what it is so you can move into your writing zone. Um, and that's the essential of that. All right, so one of the things that I think is very um, important is that you need to be aware that there are predators out here. Um, and there are uh, self-publishing um, is self and indie publishing is huge. They are outselling the traditional publishers. And I know the reports have just come in for book publishing, just starting to dribble in for really the overall concept of the year, our first uh uh, reveal of the show is in the, you know the last couple of months of 2022, but book sales in bookstores are up over five percent. Now that's a happy dance for me because I do work with bookstores. But so where you know when you have that kind of growth um, and more and more authors with close to two million books being published in the year 2021, of which most came from the self and indie market. And I, I've always said this, a lot of these books that are being published, including from New York-related houses, probably should never have been published. So let's assume yours is hot and your book should be out there. Your information, what you know, your storytelling skills, it's, it's you know, skyrockets. 
So how do you soar above the crowd? And you need to be aware that there are a lot of publishing predators out there who um, will promise you the universe and they deliver mud. And you have to start learning what red flags are. And when anyone says, we guarantee you national distribution, that is such BS. You can get national distribution by getting your book up on Amazon. That's pretty national. Now, what you have to do is drive people to Amazon to buy your book. That's called book marketing. That's another animal. But you'll have people who promise you unbelievable things. And they're just, you know, they have the BS factor in it. And you have to start getting your BS quotient up to recognize what these are. And I think I'll come back at another time and do a whole show just on BS factors and red flags to help you out. But publishers there, anything that, 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 and they'll come along in what we call the pay to publish or vanity press. Um, Oh, they have very fancy websites. Let me tell you, websites are fancy. They'll have all these testimonials where they're real people. I don't know, but you have to be careful. So what to help you from predators is, this is where you need to go. You need to go to the Google. You need to put in the name of a publishing service provider, or you put in the name of the company, and you follow it. You're going to do it several times. You're going to follow it with the word complaint. You'll follow it with the word lawsuits. You'll follow it with the word ripoffs. Um, that you'll, those will be the three big ones. There's more, but complaints, ripoff, lawsuit, problems. All right, that will be the, the fourth. And, and make sure that you read in many, 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 many pages in on Google because 90% of the population stops on page one. Well, page one is full of ads and other things you don't want. You've got to get past there to see where the grumbles might be. You also might be a member of a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, and you can put up a question to the group. Hey, has anyone ever dealt with blah, 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 blah? You know, was it positive? Was it negative? Were there any problems? Were there any complaints? And I know one time someone did it on the Author You group on LinkedIn that has 18,000 members. And I'll tell you, what came up about a company called Balboa Press was stunning, stunningly, that you would avoid it like the plague. So do ask people out there who have had experiences because If it hasn't been good, they will tell you that. All right. So with that, let's go on to maybe the next one um, with that. And I I added with seduction lines. So the seduction lines that a lot of these predators would be using um, is I gave you one of them. We, We promise you, you know, national distribution at minimal cost. All right, print on demand will take care of that just fine on without that that and and that's a, just a very common one. Um, some will claim that they're the doorway to traditional publishing. Um, not really, not really. That the many many of these publishers, bigger publishers, Hay House is one, Simon and Schuster is one, uh, Thomas Nelson is one. Um, where Hay House has Babel Press, where uh, Simon Schuster has Arch, uh, Archway, where uh, Thomas Nelson has um, uh, West, as I've forgotten the rest of the name, West, ba- West Bow. 
um, Wispo that they're all vanity presses and they tie in with Author Solutions. So what they do is really Author Solutions is doing all the work, not Thomas Nelson or Simon & Schuster or that. And the, the dangle, what they drop in is, well, the editors of the respective big boys, you know, might see it and want to pick up the book. I, I can tell you that there are many editors with those big boys who actually do scout what books in the independent self-publishing market are doing well, and they may reach out, reach out to actually do a direct buy. And I've had that happen with a couple of my clients who have come in with hefty five-figure uh, buys after they publish their book. So it's possible. So always check out these reputations, as I said, and I think it's always a good idea to look at websites like Writers Beware, um, David uh, Gergrans, and the Alliance of Independent Authors to see what the area is going for. So as I said, do the Google search, problems, complaints, ripoffs, lawsuits, uh, you could word, use the word con, C-O-N. You could put scam after it. You could put fraud after it. So because people report uh, different areas. So do take advantage of this as you go along. All right. The next con thing I wanted to talk about was this whole area of dealing with contract. Now, some people work with contracts. Some people do with just the handshake, um, the the word of mouth, let's just say. They're just variables on that. I know in my book shepherding, I always have a very detailed proposal agreement that goes out with all my clients. But others, you know, just say this is what my costs are. And they come in with that. Now, they may say you could, you know, I will do, you know, three new covers. I will do, I have another designer that I work with who I adore, who says, look it. If I'm doing your book cover, we will keep doing it until we get it so it feels right. I think the record of revisions we had with one was almost 40 because the author kept changing their mind or doing whatever. But book covers are essential. Understand, book covers sell books. And do you have a book cover that is relevant for your genre? And I think it's also important to say here that not every, not every um, book cover is that you love is right for your audience. So I and I've had that conversation with many clients. It's but but I have to love it. I want you to love it, but you have to make sure. Do you know who your audience is? Because that's who you're doing it for, and that's why you go down and you check it out. Uh, that. So don't sign any contracts until you understand what you may be signing. And that's what's just really important. If it's photography, if you're, if you're having a photo, make sure that you have the rights to the photo to use it anywhere. Otherwise, you're going to be paying up the gazoo. If it's for um, uh, and any, you know, you're licensing your, your material, understand what the time zone is and what you get paid for. There's just so much to make sure that you've got it in, in play. All right. We're going to take our second break. This is Judith Bryles. We're going through some snafus, blunders we want you to avoid for your success. 
Hayes, your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. One of the important things that all of us need to understand that, especially if you're a self and independent um, author, publisher, you become that publisher, is that when you have someone design your cover or they lay out your book, um, you want to make sure that you're you're working under the auspices of a work to hire. This is I'm paying you to do this and. I own this and I get the files and you would love to have the source files if you can get them. Um, but make sure that you have the the final, because I, I can guarantee that when you turn in a Word document to be formally laid out and that, yes, you've had it edited and you've had it proofed, but when it comes back from layout, I'm going to guarantee, I will absolutely guarantee there will be more changes. Sometimes words get dropped, lines get dropped when you start doing that final read out loud, which I'd recommend to all of you that you want to, uh, that, and that's when it's laid out. I mean, I want you to print that book out and then read it out loud. You will be amazed what gets picked up, um, that you thought those words were so golden and maybe they don't sound so golden right now. So you, you'll have some changes. Make sure that you have that uh, the word doc, a word document, you make the changes in your word document, or maybe the, your layout person can create that and give it to you back that has all the changes in it, because that will become your working document when you go back for revisions, um, that it's always there, the latest and greatest. And also make sure you have the final PDFs and everything else, because you will need those. I'm going to guarantee it. And then you want your EPUB file to have the ebook. A lot of times people will ask me, next thing is, do I do an ebook? Well, of course you do an ebook. Now, you may not read ebooks. I'm not an ebook reader because I'm on the computer all day. Last thing I want to do is have another electronic device to now go in for pleasure um, and read on. So I like a book book. You know, I'm a print book girl. 
Um, and that, or maybe you're an audiobook person. You just, you know, you go on walks and you listen to the amazing stories or you're traveling, whatever it is that you want to have these different versions of your book. And I was at a fair, a book fair just recently. And of the eight authors, eight of us were working together, cross promoting each other. I was the only person who had audiobooks. And I will tell you that at least 25% of the people who came by were interested in, in books all wanted an audiobook. And I was the only person who had my books there um, in that process. So that's important to know <laughs> where you are um, on that. Offer your books in multiple platforms. And, they, and then the finish up what I was saying, read out loud and make sure you have all the latest and greatest versions in your special book file so you can always go back to it. And I, and, and I can't tell you how so few authors do this. So you're going to be ahead of the ground. Next up, I wanted to make sure that if you're signing any contracts or with anyone that you don't sign anything unless you understand it. Um, and your your essential question should probably be to ask um, when you're gathering references on anyone to work with, ask them if they would work with this person or company again. If there's any hesitation, that's the end of the really the end of the conversation. You don't want to work with them. And because a lot of people, you know, are fearful to say something negative about that. So now I also recognize that not everyone clicks with other people. So look at their portfolios, look at their work. If you can get hold of a real real book or whatever it is that they are um, offering to do for you, that would be the best thing to see a final work. Next tip is <clears throat> if you are using music, if you want to use lyrics from a song, don't. That is unless you have written permission from the owner of the lyrics. Don't go down this path. Um, and I see this often. Um, you can use a title. You can refer to the title. Now, I had a client who went through a horrible, horrible business divorce and, and a personal divorce at the same time. And what kept going through his head was the mamas and the papas, Monday, Monday, if I could just get to Monday, Monday. Um, on that, that uh, we, I was able to track down who owned the lyrics, and it was someone in Iowa. We wrote to them. We actually used the page. We put them in the page we wanted to put in the book so they could see exactly how we wanted to segue and segue out. And we got permission to print up to 10,000 books for $125. The author was ecstatic. So it takes a little digging, but you can do it. Just don't do anything um, without permission. Otherwise, you've got a lawsuit that could be hammering at you very quickly. Um, so doing that. And also, I, I did want to say that if you end up working with a publisher or a traditional publisher that they ended up selling rights or doing other things, that there are always percentages that come with that. 
you need to know about that. And you want to make sure that in any contract you sign, you know, what the divorce clause is. What's the exit um, that you could get out? This is always essential um, to do in the process. So what what can you do to get out? If they say that you have a contract with a company and they say, you know, you can terminate the contract in 30 days, make sure that you read the fine print because I've seen some of these contracts that have it, it had a little byline if it's mutually agreeable. You know, if you want to get out of something, sometimes it's not real mutual um, on that. So know what's in there. It's it's very important in that process. All right. So um, next up is to, to determine um, how you, who owns the files. And this is also on the termination. You may not own your files. You know, you may have to lay out the whole thing all over again. They may own everything, even though you paid individually for it. That's why back up front, you've got to put that together. You've just got to put that together and know what. And, and also, it's important for you to know the difference between what's exclusive and what's non-exclusive. Um, and I'm going to refer you to a book um, and an author's website, Helen Sedwick. And it's been a while. I need to reach out and have her on the show again. But Helen Sedwick is brilliant. And her last name is spelled S-E-D-W-I-C-K, HelenSedwick.com. She's got a wonderful legal handbook called the Self-Publisher's Legal Handbook. And I would advise you to get a copy of it because that belongs on your reference desk. But... One of the things she says, the only way to, you only want to consider signing an exclusive with a publisher if you get a reasonable advance from them that shows that it has really got an investment, meaning money, an investment in you and your work. You know, companies that are paying to manufacture your work are not entitled to have the rights to any of your work. Um, and that means the companies you are paying. They don't have the right to any of your work and make sure you retain all your rights that I can't say that um, strongly enough. So with that said, let's jump over to some writing clues and some writing ideas um, and and take a peek uh, at what we should be doing there. It's really important. I see this, and, and I, I did a show not too long ago on data management and all that. But you've got to create, and you got to create a system that works for you. What works for me may not work for you. But you've got to create a system that works for you. And that I, what I would first start with is make a master file with your book. Call it book. Or if you've got lots of books, maybe it's books. But inside that master folder will be all kinds of subfolders. So if you're someone who is writing lots of different books, then each one will have its own folder. Within the folder then will be separate files. It could be dealing with marketing. It could be doing with swag you've created for it. It could deal with bookmarks you've created for it. Um, it could be your cover designs, the full cover. There's the front cover, by the way. You do want those in JPEG. You know, you'll get PDFs. But you also want them in JPEG, PDF and JPEG, front cover, solo, full cover, back and front. And, of course, the spine is on it. You want to have the, the final PDF. 
those are the things that you're looking for in your system. Um, communications with designers and editors and all the like. And I always keep um, a, a cover after my book has been laid out and I send it out for what I call the cold eye review. And it goes to a third. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes I have two and three editors on my books. It goes to that, that third editor who now is going through looking for does the header match what the book cover says. Sometimes they screw up and don't. Or has it changed with each chapter? If you're changing your chapters, especially for nonfiction, it's normal for the header to also reflect that. Has it? Is 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 the chapter title um, exactly the same as what it says on the content page? We see mix-ups all the time. Are there orphans? Are there widows? Are there too many hyphens? Should we drop down? Are there broken lines? All those, I keep that file with all those markups just to see it um, so I have it besides the final work document, besides the final PDF. And, and I always have an old file. I have a working file folder within that book folder working, and I have a final final. So all that stuff that goes in the final final is the complete of everything from EPUBs, uh, etc. Right, so... The, the next step I want you to make sure is make sure that when you are writing um, that you don't get stuck in a passive voice, which we see all the time. You want to make sure that your reader is moving forward. They want to turn the page. Um, I can't tell you how many times I, I am crossing out us and we's, let's. Every once in a while, it's appropriate to have that. But remember, you're just writing for one person. You're just writing for one person. Who is that person? And so that means you. You know, otherwise, um, you get lost very, very fast with that whole shebang as you go along. All right, next up. Um, and it's always fun, and I've mentioned this before. But this is in the writing area, uh, is that it's understand that you've got ellipses that you can use. That's the dot, dot, dot. I know the Chicago uh, uh, manual uh, talks about, you know, you do it, you write the word, no space, and then the dot, 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 and then the next word. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. 
or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The Book Shepherd and concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. So one of the things that I like to use in my writing is I use ellipses. That's the dot, dot, dot. If you look at the Chicago uh, manual, the Bible, um, that it says that you would do a word, whatever the word is, and then you immediately, no space, dot, 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 and then the next word. Okay. I don't like that. And so I choose to ignore what the manual says. And I actually put a space after the word and then the dot, 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 because to me, it's a pause. And I want them to chew on something, whatever it is I've just done, a little bit. And then I start off. You can do your choice. I just like the visual better. It's my choice here. All right. So there's also something that I use a lot. I don't use N dashes, E-N. I do use M-E-M dashes. So. First of all, what's the difference, you know? And so the N, E-N dash, is bigger than a hyphen um, that you have. And the M dash is longer. And if you want to know what the, the really the size of it is, if you look at the font you're using, the N dash is the width of the letter N. And the M dash is the width of the letter M um, in in that process. And there is confusion. So what is the, when do you use them? How's that? All right. So the N dash is used to connect values in a range or that are connected related. A good rule is to use it when you're expressing um, the word A2. So for example, in the years 2022 to 2024, that's when you would use the N dash. All right. Or pages 63 
to, using the word to, that's the sub in, you'll know when to use the en dash, um, are relevant. All right, the m dash, the longer one, um, is typically used as a stand-in for a comma or parentheses to separate out phrases or sometimes even just a word in a sentence for various reasons. Again, it could be a visual, it could be an eyeball. Um, I'm not a fan of using parentheses, so I usually delete all of those. But here's, here's an example of a sentence. School is based on the three R's, M dash, reading, writing, and arithmetic, period. So, or another example, against all odds, comma, Martha, M dash, the unluckiest woman in love, M dash, discovered the love of her life. So if you can see that there is a separation in the example um, that when you're doing that. So if you just for an N dash, the shorter one, if you just substitute the word to, T-O-N, you'll know that's the right one to use if it feels right, sounds right. And then the M dash is a connector. Um, and that usually, so it could be one word, but usually it's several words in the process. Um, so that, this, just saying that's how to do them um, and using. So I, but I'm a great believer in headlines, and I'm talking about headlines on the back cover of your book. Um, that one of the things that I actually love to do is write the back cover for my clients on their books. And what we do is I, I, I will not do a back cover that does not have a headline. Uh, and the headline, by the way, is not your book title. Should you use your book title, which I would do in bold and an offsetting complementary color that goes with your uh, cover design, um, I would use it in the body, in the text. But I want something that's going to be a little poppy, maybe sassy, um, that will bring in and pull in the reader. And basically, I will, if it's a fiction book, um, it, I will have something that tries to be intriguing. Um, if it's a nonfiction book, I will have it tie in with pain. What's the pain that your reader who has picked up your book trying to solve? So think about that in that. Um, and you don't want them boring, you know, and you, uh, you sometimes che being cheeky works, sometimes snarky sometimes works, but work on it in the process to see, do they pull in? Does it have emotional grab? Is there maybe an emphatic or a spiritual grab? Um, I'm a huge believer. I, and I, and I often tell people to certainly discover AM, that's Apple Mary, aminstitute.com and when you go to that if you will click on the headline analyzer it will give you a percentage of how it scores for emotional emphatic spiritual intellectual you want to get over a 30 score that's when your home run starts coming in and basically copywriters use this all the time those there are people whether it's a print publication or whether they hire people who specialize in headline creation it's their craft and if you ever want to go in just for the heck of it 
um, they give you an assignment that you can go in and just read, pick up, whether it's the National Enquirer, you know, Star, what, whatever all the stuff is at the grocery store. Pick them up and go through them. And you'll pay it, you know, see what they use for those headlines. Because they're sometimes snarky, sometimes they're very cheeky, sometimes they're outrageous. All of that is okay if it fits in with you and your book. But it'll it'll get you, you want your headline to snap, crackle, and pop. Does it? Um, and I'm always, always on the lookout for things that will make my headlines um, and title generators uh, a lot better in the process. All right. So next up, one of the, the blunders, people always think that they have to do everything original, everything new, 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 new. Um, this past year, the year 2022 was I declared it my year of re and I was going to redo, recreate, rethink, rewrite, repurpose. It was re, 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 re. Four of my books, I went in and did an updates with rewrites. Four of my books, I went up and retitled them. Um, some of the things I, I absolutely believe on your blogs, that you go back and you, anything that's over a year old, boy, that is the target to repurpose, to redo, to recreate. And I'm not telling you, you have to rewrite the whole thing. Heck, let's get a new title. If you have bullets in it, rearrange them. You know, what What was number five? If you have five bullets, bring it up to number one. Re, redo that. And I would always do a rewrite of the opening paragraph. And the reality is, whatever you wrote a year ago, especially in blog territory, you know, your thoughts may have changed. You may have additional information or different ads, insights that you want to do. And that's the perfect update. Add a new image into it. And ta-da, you've got something that maybe took you five to ten minutes instead of an hour to two hours to recreate from scratch. I do it all the time. But my personal rule is it's got to be at least a year old before I think about of a reuse in that arena. And it will certainly make your life a little bit easier when you've got so much stuff uh, that you've got to commit to once you start this authoring path with with everything all right so next next thing is that this is one of the biggest ones and um book reviews will kill you if you haven't had your book edited i'm telling you that if you want to submit your books for any awards and if you haven't had your book professionally edited um you're in deep doo-doo i'm just going to say it out loud so you've got to come back and get it out. And there's different levels. There's development editors. Um, I know I personally work with authors to really gut and do the rewrites and the developmental side. Um, so I have that I do. But that I have proof that that's the punctuation and the line edits going on. And then I have a third editor that I bring in who has never seen the book that comes back and she is looking for stuff that because my brain won't see it anymore and yours won't either. If you've been in your book for many months, writing, rewriting, doing things, your brain's going to say it's all there. I'm telling you, your brain will tell you that you need fresh eyeballs on it. And that's where we, it is amazing, amazing what will be picked up 
um, that are just awesome saves and will make you look better in that. So editing, it's a something that, that people think, oh, well, I edited it. My friend read it through. I've had several readers. Well, that's hunky-dory, but it doesn't mean it's really been edited. Get it done. I have people who just do fiction. They're not great nonfiction, but they're really good at fiction. And looking for story arcs, I have other people who are really good on the nonfiction side um, and getting into it. So that is an editing must. Use professional editors. This is what they do in the process. And you, you, you and your book will thank you in that. So bring them on board early on. Now, I, I wonder if they say something about just endorsements and getting them. Should you get endorsements? Should you not? My last tip for this show. Should you get endorsements or should you not? And the answer is maybe. That's an maybe. If you've got someone to endorse your book who is just a rock star, who's wide recognized that that their word would be, oh, my God, yes. If, if this person, I, I'm getting the book. Absolutely use them. Otherwise, I would put them in the front matter of your book and bring it around there to um, have it as a praise or people are talking or something. Otherwise, your back cover is where you market your book. The front cover, it says, pick me up, pick me up, look me over. The flip over is all about how the book is going to connect with the reader. And with that, we're going to do a wrap on our show. This is Judith Browse. We've gone through a minimum of 22 blunders and, and saves and tips to make you and your book successful. Always my book game. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. And don't forget to get my book, How to Avoid Book Publishing Blunders. a part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith bra